Hi there, and welcome to episode 63 of the T21 Mum podcast. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, single parenting, mamahood, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's eight years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And once again, just like all the other episodes, <laughs> my good friend and co-host Ron is here with me today. Hey, hey Ron. Mary. How's it going? It's going good. Good. End of summer. Labor Day's gone. Goodbye. Sorry. End of the... Nobody can wear white shirts and shoes anymore. Or sorry, white uh, white belts and shoes. So <laughs> white that's pants. over and done with. Um, ah, who cares Ainsley, about fashion rules? Well, the, well, this current heat wave we're having right now, I mean, it's like 80 degrees in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is uh ainsley has gone back to school she has she's in grade four you know and the first week is always about getting everything sorted she's going to have a new ea this year which i'm a little bit sad about i really i really loved ronnie and she was what happened to miss ronnie well they don't i think really they don't even let them be on for as long as she was but i think because of last year it was you know the year that everyone wants to forget um so she's going to get a new EA this year. So that's still being worked out. And I don't know who her teacher is yet. But, you know, I'm confident that we're going to have a good year. I'm hopeful. Okay, great. Yeah. And today we're talking about Rosie Rides the Bus. Yes, talking with my friend Amanda Caffrey. And it's about her daughter Rosie and how they were trying to segregate her from riding the bus to school with her brother which is kind of a hot button topic with me mm-hmm. <laughs> For, and you know I'm, i'd like you know i said i got no skin in this game other than you know supporting you and ainsley but it's uh there are some things that just make you know make me angry but let's go and talk to amanda and get the, the lowdown on rosie rides the bus okay let's go Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I'm talking with another rocking mom, Amanda Caffrey, who I was finally able to meet when I went to the Rockin' Moms retreat because we'd been friends, I think, on Facebook for a while, and then we finally got to meet in person. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So before we get started with what we're talking about today, can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Of course. Okay. So my name's Amanda Caffrey. I live in New Jersey in the United States. I am a Jersey girl through and through, born and raised here. And I, I happen to live in the same town that I grew up in. So um, I have two children. My son, Patrick, turns seven on Saturday. And um, my daughter, Rose, is five. She'll be six in December. And Rose has Down syndrome. Awesome. And you're also a single mom as well, right? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm, I am rocking it solo over here. I'm a single mom. Um, Rose's father is, and Patrick and Rose, their father, we were married, but we're divorced and um, he's very much so involved in their lives. Um, they have a stepmom, Melissa, and a little brother, Luke as well. So oh. that's where the kids are right now. Why we have no noise in the background. <laughs> with dad today <laughs> lovely oh that's wonderful yeah so today we're talking about something that i'm sure affects a lot of families especially now with kids returning to school riding the bus and in roses or rosie's case the school actually wanted to segregate her and have her ride a separate bus from her brother if you can believe that and so you kind of went on a mission, kind of like a mama bear crusader. And so tell us how it all started. Yeah. So this was something I, I did not realize how big of an issue segregated busing is, um, until it happened to us. Right. So, um, we, we love old bridge. Like I said, I've lived here my whole life. Um, you know, bounced around a little bit, but we, we had Rose's IEP meeting and her annual review and everything is exactly how we want it. She's in a general education kindergarten class at the same neighborhood school that her brother goes to. Um, you know, all her goals look great. Everything's wonderful. And we're 
about to kind of just wrap up the meeting and Rose's father says, okay, great. So Rose will take the bus with Patrick, right? And that's where it all went wrong. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you know, we were told, well, um, no, we believe that Rose will take the separate bus. So we, we would never agree to that. And we voiced our concerns that, you know, well, we don't want her segregated from her brother or any of the other children at the bus stop. You know, it makes no sense. They all go to the same place. Why would she need to be on a separate bus? Because, you know, you always need to understand why the recommendation is coming and then you can talk through it because, mm -hmm. you know, an IEP team, it's her therapists, her service coordinator, her teacher, um, and her parents. And we're all equal, right? So they explained to us that Rose has a bus aid. And in our district, they do not put a bus aid on a full-size bus. And um, the reason she has a bus aid is because Rose has Rosie has a five-point harness, right? So rather than just a lap belt, she's really tiny. And to keep her safe on the bus, she needs that, you know, over the shoulders and across her lap. So the bus aid helps her buckle that. <laughs> and that's where it all began. So you know, at that, at that point we had to end the meeting as mm -hmm. incomplete and, um, that's where it all began. So essentially the reason they were saying that Rosie couldn't ride the bus with her brother, like she couldn't ride on the neurotypical bus and instead they wanted her to ride on the, for lack of a better word, the special needs bus. Yeah. Separated yeah, from her big brother. It was called a couple things by different folks, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there were there were a few reasons. So we voiced our concerns and we wanted to have a second meeting to mm -hmm. talk about it, right? At that point, we knew that um, the folks who were making the decisions were actually not the people that were in the meeting with us. We were told it was policy that the assistant superintendent had put policy in place that bus aids don't go on a full-size bus. And since the full-size bus picks everybody else up, you know, that policy was driving segregation, right? So um, we knew we needed to have another meeting and we did request that the assistant superintendent and the supervisor of um, special education join us at the next meeting. Um, wow. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you, it didn't go, it didn't really go so smooth from there because it moved into, um, you know, some proposals from the district that we were really taken back by. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we were very clear in letting them know that we did not want Rose segregated. And when we when we were voicing that, I like to talk a lot, and <laughs> so I go into detail. And I said, you know segregated from her neighborhood, you know, non-disabled peers. That was really important to us. Um, just think of what that teaches the children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rosie has Down syndrome. She goes to our school. She's in a, you know, class with all the other kindergartners. However, because she has Down syndrome, she's going to take a different class, you know, and, and then think of what that means long-term. Oh yeah. And also, you certainly can't be the first family who have two or more children going to the same school and one has some extra needs who then they, as you say, segregate and put on a separate bus. Like I can't understand like logically in my mind, why they think that that's better. You know, why can't they just put the aid on the bus with Rosie? Well, yeah, that, that's exactly what we were asking for. I mean, to us, it's a simple solution, right? Mm -hmm. You you can put a bus aid on a large size bus and you can put her seatbelt on that bus. In fact, the seatbelt is made for a full-size bus that she uses. It's not made for a smaller van um, like they were proposing that mm -hmm. she go on. So to us, it was more like, let's talk about this. This is silly there must be some misunderstanding here. We were really confused at first. However, like what you were saying is like, 
this is not the first time that it happened, but to our knowledge, it's the first time, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll fast forward ahead. We end up with some good news in the end and Rosie is going to end up on the bus with her brother and her neighborhood peers. Mm -hmm. But to our understanding, she's one of the first, if not the first in our district, which to me is bananas. Like it's, it's her right to ride that bus. And it's 2021. Oh, I know. You know, like to me, it's kind of a no brainer because I think of all those families who were behind you, who've got, who've got, or gone before you, who had to do this, that they couldn't put their child on the same bus. Like I can't, I can't imagine as a parent, the challenges that, that just the practicality poses, you know, you have to have, and I don't know exactly how it works if they pick you right up from your doorstep or, or you have to go down the block or what have you, but you know, you got to get your kids on two different buses and just the challenge of that. I mean, it just, but yet they're going to the same end point, the same school. To me, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to speculate the reasoning behind it, but it's very clearly stated in IDEA that a child with a disability is not segregated onto separate transportation by default. In fact, they go on to say students with disabilities should, you know, in most cases, take transportation with their non-disabled peers. This all ties into least restrictive um, environment, mm -hmm. which is really important. Um, you know, day one, I've always been an advocate for inclusion. Um, that mama bear heart of mine, it will roar if anybody tries to segregate or, you know, treat Ro Rosie or her brother differently, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody starts at the same point. Special education is not a place. It's not a room. It's not a different bus. It's services. It's services that a child may need, accommodations, so that they can be with their peers, right? If we separate children who have special needs from non-disabled peers, then we're teaching everybody that they're different in a way that they can't be included. And I mean, I said this before, but like, think what that means downstream, you know, for employment opportunities later, right? Because we've, we've now taught children for years and years and years that because she's got a disability, she takes a separate bus or because she has a disability, she might be in a different room. As a mom, I can never understand um, how that would fit into our lives, right? Rosie's just Rosie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, just like any other child's gonna have a challenge or need an accommodation down the road, um, Rosie needs accommodations today. Yeah. yeah so, so I really had no idea how widespread this issue was mm -hmm. until it happened with Rose. And we started to share with people what was happening, what, what the district was proposing for Rose to do. And, um, you know, so you said like, think back, like the, those that came before me, those that are still segregated today, mm -hmm. it's a very, very big issue. People were, were commenting. Um, so, so I might be jumping a little bit forward, but, okay. you know, people, you know, we, we stood up a public Facebook group to share what was going on with Rose mm -hmm. um, after trying so desperately to collaborate with the district. Um, Rose's IEP team made it very, very clear that they didn't believe she needed separate transportation, but because of this policy that was put into place, you know, they were not able to, um, override something that a superior had put into place, right? So we were really stuck. It was a really tough place. And we wanted to share what was going on because we knew that our friends and our family members and other folks within, you know, the community would say, no, Rosie has rights, no segregated bus. So that's what we did. And then the quantity of people that commented saying, this happened with my child, right? Or to say, what do you mean? What's really going on? Because my child 
in a different district, a neighboring district in New Jersey or any state, you know, says, my child rides a bus with a para and has a five-point harness seatbelt and they're not segregated. There's got to be more here, but there really, there really wasn't. There mm-hmm. was, um, I will, I will state that there were a few things that were stated in the email to us that were not valid. Um, one saying that Rose could not board the bus safely. Um, you know, Rose took a bus to preschool, Rosie, and it had four steps, three up and then a platform and then one more step to get into the aisle. So it had four steps. And Rose's IEP states that she can do five steps um, <laughs> with minimal assistance. And um, there were concerns about the full-size bus having four steps, which is more than the bus, but it's not. It, it, it's just like the bus she was doing. Um, the angle of the steps. I mean, it's really, uh, that was one reason. And then another reason that was so confusing to us and we, did, we just didn't even understand it was um, if there's an evacuation, they were concerned that they couldn't safely evacuate Rose. However, I'm concerned that they were concerned they couldn't safely evacuate her because like her seatbelt is her seatbelt, right? And mm-hmm. a bus aid is a bus aid. If there's concerns of safe evacuation, to me, that's more of a training issue on the school district. Let's train our bus aids how to efficiently remove a seatbelt in a safety situation. So, um, you know, not to get into too much on this, but we, we contacted the manufacturer there, there's videos, it shows you how to do it super easy. So again, like these were really not valid reasons. They were just more words in an email, um, but it was that policy that was segregating her or was attempting to segregate her, I guess I should say. And I can imagine they have told this to many other parents before you, not thinking that someone's gonna go and check the manufacturer or you know that it was in her iep but yet she's riding a very similar bus to preschool and now they're saying that she can't ride a bigger bus like you know it just doesn't make any logical sense to me why they're being so difficult like you said like they're going to the same school like you know what is it teaching these other kids when you're in a gen ed classroom but yet your child is riding on a separate bus or your child is in a different room or what have you. It's, it's teaching them that it's okay, that it's okay to segregate, that you can put some people on the other bus instead of us all being together. And obviously that's not right. No, it's not right. And you know, so I'll tell you in the beginnings of the conversations, um, it was proposed that Patrick gets segregated too, (laughs) um, as a solution, (laughs) you know, and, and this is where we were going, they're just not understanding what we're asking. And then we realized the root cause was really that policy that was put into place, you know, that we were never provided in writing, I should also say. So it's more like oh. a decision, um, you know, that really didn't look at Rosie's rights. But, you know, it was proposed that Patrick also take the smaller bus as well. And then it wouldn't be all kids with IEPs, all kids that have disabilities, because now her brother's on there. So that would immediately make it not segregated, um, which of course we wouldn't agree to. But but back to what you what you first said there, it is incredibly intimidating when um, a leader at your school district tells you, "Well, nope, this is how it's going to be." And you know, I, I I feel very fortunate. I have a lot of support with different groups that I participate in. Um, And so, you know, I, I listen when people go through challenges and what they do. And so I knew that there was in writing IDEA guidance. And then also that the department of education had clarified on this. So I shared that and we were basically dared to go file due process. We were provided with the link to, to like go to trial. Yes they kind of almost dared you to go to trial. So you did opt to go to trial and what happened next? Okay. So, um, 
back to that that social media, right? So we engaged an advocate, um, which I, I think is so important, right? Because again, intimidating, so intimidating when you're being told, no, this is the way we're gonna do it. And you're supposed to be an equal member and the IEP team's agreeing with you, but you're just stuck, so. But did they ever say why they were saying no? Because it, it's not really written anywhere that they have to be segregated, correct? The IEP team very clearly stated on a meeting where we brought our advocate in, right? So first thing is bring an advocate in. That's that's what we did first. And we asked, you know, can we change this? Can, like, it the supervisor of special education in our district, when we were asking her questions, um, said, look, it's silly for two buses to come to the same house. Um, and that she had reached out to the director of transportation to find out why this was being recommended. But ultimately, her supervisor put in writing in an email to us that it couldn't happen. So therefore, like, there was no um, ability for anybody that's part of the IEP team to override mm -hmm. what an assistant superintendent puts in writing. So we were just stuck, basically. So we went to social media. <laughs> we we engaged an advocate and then we created a group on Facebook, um, Let Rosie Ride. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, it is, it is still there and we are still making some changes. Um, so Let Rosie Ride and we shared what was happening, that all we want is for Rose to ride the same bus as all the other kids at the bus stop and her brother. Mm -hmm. And um, we were overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed by the support that we received in, in just a few hours, we had over a thousand people in that group supporting and sharing the group on their social media. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I want to say there's just about 1700 people on that group. And, um, and it, it didn't stop there. Um, I also engaged, um, in reels on Instagram mm -hmm. and, you know, we're sitting down, so I'll say it. 17,000 people engaged with the real That's on amazing. Instagram, just letting them know that all we want is for Rose to ride that bus. And um, less than 72 hours after we went to social media, the district actually changed their mind. And we received a letter mm -hmm. letting us know that Rose will now be riding the bus um, with everybody. So you were going to go to trial so that but you never ended up having to go to trial correct correct yeah we would have gone to trial um you know everybody that we had spoken to we spoke to, to multiple attorneys about this as well um but felt completely confident in um you know our advocate that we were good to go um they they had weighed in just saying that it was just it's in writing like it is her right to do so we were pretty confident that if we had gone to trial that, you know, her rights would be upheld and she would go, but we didn't have to, thank God. So I know on the Facebook page, as you mentioned, let Rosie ride. And we'll obviously, uh, put that in the show notes so people can find it. You had posted a letter, uh, from the assistant superintendent of educational programs that clearly stated they don't in quotes, segregate kids. How do you answer this as they clearly do and did? I mean, you've kind of talked about it already, but here they're saying they don't segregate kids, but it's so obvious that they do. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just from the overwhelming number of comments that came in from parents and district and conversations that where people have reached out saying, hey, I had the same problem. They would not let my child ride the regular bus right? With the non-disabled peers. So it's, um, I don't, I, I don't believe that that is true. What was put in writing. And that's my opinion. I don't believe it's true from, from what other people have told me from what I visually see happen. Um, you know, but we want to know for sure. So we've actually, um, contacted the Old Bridge um, Public Schools Board of Education, requesting that they do an in that they um, 
that they conduct an independent audit of the transportation in district because that will tell us how segregated they are. Um, I, there are segregated buses uh, based on just what I've seen. Um, and I do believe it's going to be a jaw dropping <laughs> number, mm -hmm. but we're waiting right now. We actually have not received confirmation that that's something that the district's board of education is going to agree to. Um, we've shared recently, uh, just a couple days ago, I went live on the Let Rosie Ride Facebook group, um, sharing that, you know, really this just isn't just about Rose, right? We have had to fight for her rights in a way that I never expected to have to, especially when IDEA makes it very clear, especially when other documents have come in from, from Department of Education to clarify. So there's no confusion, right? That this is something the IEP team should decide. Yet, that's not what happened. And again, we, we had to put ourselves where we were going to trial against mm -hmm. our Board of Education, right? So we want to change this for other children. We want to change this for kids in the future. We want to change this in Old Bridge, New Jersey, and we want to change this beyond, right? Because this is this is not just happening in Old Bridge, right? This is happening in other it, It's a big issue. It's a very big issue. The school day starts the second you get on the school bus, right? Mm -hmm. Transportation is a related service. It's, it's Rose's right to a free, um, appropriate public education, right? In the least restrictive environment. And um, that's the same for any child with any sort of disability, mm -hmm. right? Any accommodations that are necessary. So we'll see where that goes. But, you know, I will say that if anybody who, who is here that wants to help with that, um, there is a draft letter that you can send to our Board of Education in support of Rose and the other children. Um, I'd love it. There's, um, it's, it's right there. Maybe we can share that, uh, sure. link to hope. Is that, where's that letter? Is it on Facebook or where is it? It's on Facebook in the Let Rosie Ride group. It's okay. directly below a video of me talking. So you get to not just hear my voice, but see me in real life too. And, um, the email addresses for our board of education, um, members are there. So it's literally like a copy paste. And if you want to add some more on there, you, you know, you could totally make it your own, but we just put a template there to make it easier for folks who want to support. That's fantastic. You know, it just, it just upsets me that you've had to go through all of this just to get Rosie just on the bus. She's not even at the school yet, you know, just to fight for her to be, on the bus, like you said, just like all the other kids. And, and I mean, like you said, it's not just happening in Old Bridge. It's, I'm, it's everywhere. Like, I'm sure it's happening here in Canada as well, you know, yeah. but people have to realize that our children have rights. And just because someone says so doesn't mean that it's, that is correct. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. like you said, like, it's easy to feel intimidated by the superintendents or all these higher ups, whoever they may be, it's, it's easy to feel intimidated. And a lot of people aren't comfortable to fight and it's so tiring and so exhausting, you know, like it was very different, but like it was also Ainsley entering into kindergarten and she was a very late walker. And so, uh, they wanted her to have a walker. She didn't need a walker to walk. But, but they wouldn't let her go full time unless she had a walker. And so, you know, then I, I was really furious. So I, I got her the walker, which wasn't even hers. It was <laughs> borrowed right. three kids from daycare, you know, I don't know. And uh, I told the principal, I go, I'll have the walker here tomorrow and I expect her to go for a full day. Oh, no, no. We have to train on it and we have to do an assessment. And I'm going, it's a walker. And then you know, we ended up having to have a special meeting because I, I did what you did. I, I used the power of social media and the pressure of social media and, you know, the media had gotten wind of it, not through anything I did, just someone else obviously contacted them and 
you know, but then that's when things got rolling. Like the school board, you know, they were taking my calls. We, they set up a special meeting and then they go and put Ainsley in the walker and she immediately walks out of it, which I thought was brilliant, <laughs> you know, but yeah. And I thought this is not how I want to start kindergarten. You know, I want this to be an enjoyable experience and, and I'm sure very similar for you with Rose, like this should be an exciting time for you as her mom and her dad and and also for Rose that she's going to school and she's going on the big kids bus and then all of these things happen. So yeah. But. It's tough. Well, first off, I love that that like push the walker out of the way and like do it on her own. Like what an amazing way to say, do not limit me. Like I can, I can do this. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I I'm sure that those who saw that happen that that made an impact, you know? And um, so, yeah, I mean, back to like the intimidation, that's one piece of it, right? But let's go back to the fact that I'm a single mom, Mm -hmm. you know, Rose, I work a full-time job. Rose's father works a full-time job. We coordinate kids between houses. And then you have to find time to, you know, get all this, these paperwork, like forms together, you know, um, review what, what you want to say. Like, it's just a lot of extra work and time that people don't have. Like, I know what it's like to not have time. And then there's the fear of money, right? How much money is it going to cost me to fight the district? So that's another thing that parents have up against them when they're in a situation like this. Um, you know, and then lastly, like, what if you work a night shift? right? And you're, you're, you have like an odd schedule. What if you work two jobs, you know? So there's just so many different things that come into to play. I mean, I work a full-time job and I have, um, you know, a side business that I do. I'm busy, right? So, but I also, and sometimes you don't even know like what your child's actual rights on paper are. You just know that what's being recommended is not right for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the time to go research that and find that information out could be intimidating, but I have to say, like, it's so important that we don't sit back and allow our children to be put into a segregated situation or into a more restrictive environment than they need to be in. You know, they, it's not right. It's not right for anybody to see that happen. It's not, it wouldn't have been right for Rose's brother to see Rosie get on a different bus. It wouldn't be right for the neighborhood children to see that happen. Um, you know, it wouldn't be right for Rose. I mean, just think of what that has to feel like. Mm-hmm. Stand at the bus stop with everyone else. And, you know, maybe their bus comes first and they all get on and you're still waiting there at the bus stop for your bus. 100%. percent <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it just speaks volumes, right? And, you know, and kudos to you for taking up the fight, you know. Like, I think, you know, as, you know, I I don't know. I just think as a mama bear, we just have that in us to do it. I know not everyone is comfortable, you know, doing that kind of advocacy and it and it can be hard but like you said bring an advocate in if you're not comfortable or you know you know or if you just need a little bit of assistance in what you want to get across to people and what you want to say you know and also to make sure that you say what you want to say that you don't leave something out because it can be very like you said intimidating and a little bit nerve-wracking when you're speaking with these different people who you know ultimately hold a lot of power over your child you know, in their education and, and like in Rosie's case and riding the bus, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, what do you think you, like, what have you learned from this lesson? Oh, well, a couple things. One is that we love Rose's IEP team. We love the school that she goes to. We love all the teachers that she had. We actually just got to meet her new teacher. We're so excited, right? So I I guess we never really expected this to happen, right? So even if you've got a really great team around you, 
I think it's just really important to, um, to, I don't know the right way to say it, but it just, it kind of came out of nowhere to be prepared for something like this, that it could happen mm-hmm. to, um, stay connected with others. Right. Because a lot of those connections helped right away. Once we, once we share it on social media, you know, Mary sharing it, my friends, you know, coast to coast that I know through different connections are sharing this. My friends in town are sharing this. Um, so, so yeah, I guess it's like to expect the unexpected, um, even if things are going well today, it doesn't mean that something like this can't happen tomorrow. Um, the, the other thing that I really learned is as a parent, your voice matters. Like your child has rights and you have rights. And it, it could be, like I said, intimidating. It's like the word of the day, right? But to sit at a table with eight other people and then you, you actually don't have to sit there alone, right? Rose's father and I are to the meetings with you. Um, a more experienced, you know, mom who has a child with special needs that can come in as an advocate for you, an actual advocate like we brought in, right? Um, you can bring in, you know, outside therapists if your child is seeing, you can bring other people in, but to know that your voice really matters as the parent and that you are not a lesser participant when it comes to sharing what is right and what's not right for your child. Yes, exactly. Because I know that I've done exactly that. I brought in Ainsley's physio to her first IEP because of the whole Walker issue. And, you know, I've often had her support worker uh, it was actually her our early intervention worker, but she kind of stuck around for even after Ainsley was three. But, uh, you know, she has come to the IEPs with me and we also often have other people on our team as well that attend because it does help. Like, you know, you could bring someone who they don't even have to say anything, but just be there for like moral support. And so that they, the school knows that you have people in your corner, that you're not doing this battle you know, on your own, because like, I think it's like the advocacy, we have to do it, but it's hard. And I often think like schools and organizations think we're not going to battle because it, because it is hard and it, and it is tiring and it's exhausting, but you know, you have to do it. And, and I also always feel like don't mess with a mama bear, especially <laughs> a T21 mama bear. Cause I think, <laughs> You know, I've heard this story many times, you know, where we go to battle and, you know, they don't know what hits them because we're going to fight for our kids because we have to. No, this is not right for Rose. No, she doesn't need to be segregated. You know, convenience of, of, let's just say staff, right, is never a reason for like your child to pay the cost right? Mm -hmm. Things can be done and accommodated so that it's always your child first, right? And a lot of times um, what'll come up in conversation of a reason why your child can't do something is really something that could be accommodated through training of adults or layering in an additional support or changing the way that you're attempting to support it, right? Just because you've tried one thing doesn't mean that that's going to be the best thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say like collaboration takes work too, mm-hmm. right? Day, day one, it might not be super easy, um, but you're going to build relationships and you're also going to get to understand how other people make their determinations, right? So um, in this example, it's, it's with the busing situation with Rosie, it's, it doesn't really tie in tightly because again, her IEP team agreed with us. It was just, you know, outside forces kind of came in and overrode what we had decided was necessary for accommodations. Right. Um, you just have to do it. Yeah. You know, like, and I like what you said. You can say no, because no, no. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> no is very powerful. And, and I've learned that it, you got to get used to saying it. You know, sometimes it takes practice so you can start feeling comfortable with it. And, but I think that's excellent advice that you, you have the right to say no. And we have the right to make those choices for our kids, what we think is best suited for them. And I am so proud what what you guys did, like that you guys went to battle and you won, you know, I'm sure they weren't expecting what happened to happen. Yeah. It's not over. Like I said, like, it's not just about Rose as parents, we have to make these sort of changes because if we just left it there, right. Rosie's on the bus. Fantastic. This is great. What about the next parent? What about the next child? What about the children that were told no last year? And now they see like, okay, like we've shared Rose's story. Their child has the same rights to ride the bus with the neighborhood children. Um, You know, there's other, there's other things too. It's not just that, um, you know, and it's like, this is one thing that I'm going to work on. And then what's next? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are situations where students don't get to go to their neighborhood school because services are not provided there that can be provided there. Mm-hmm. But it's more convenient to have maybe services at a handful of schools instead of all of the schools, right? But is that the right solution for the child? to not go to the same school as their neighbors? I don't think so, you know? So like I said, it it takes a community. Rosie's got a great team. Um, The the support has just been overwhelming, Um, but it's not just about Rose. You know, it's about all the kids um, in the community with and without disabilities. Well, and you're paving the way. You're, you know, you've opened that door and you know, and you're paving the way for the other kids that are coming behind Rose, you know, and also, like you said, it's not just about riding the bus. It's all the other things that goes with being at school and just being included, like in life, in society, you know, it's, but, and this is one part of it is, is riding the bus, you know, it's her entry into school. So, you know, yeah, but awesome, awesome job for you guys. I know it was probably, like you said, intimidating, the word of the day. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure exhausting too, wondering if it, what was ever yeah. going to become of it. But, you know, I'm glad that you guys, you know, you fought the fight and you fought for what was right. And, you know, I, I, I know that uh, many of us were cheering you on. So that's, it's so awesome to hear. So how can people, uh, you know, support Rose and like you said, all the other kids and how can they learn more about what you're doing? You've got your, uh, let Rosie ride Facebook page, right? Yes. That's, that's the best place because honestly, that's where we're sharing information. That's where, um, you can kind of see where the story started with Rose when that is a public Facebook group. So anybody can go ahead and, and follow it. Um, it's where we're going to share more information as we move forward too. Like I said, um, the board of education, we're asking them for an independent audit of transportation. Um, we want to understand more about how segregated the busing is in, in our township. Um, anybody who's in a similar situation, you can use the template that we posted there to request the same in your district. You know, this is, this is public information. Um, we're asking the board of ed to share it with us because as taxpayers in, in New Jersey and in the U S it's our right to know this, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, we're very hopeful that they're going to want to partner with us and collaborate with us on this. Um, but you know, the more people who request it, the better, um, it's a great way to show support. Um, and, um, that's really honestly the best way to follow us as more comes moving forward, um, you can see the comments that I'm even talking about with other people saying, wait, I'm so confused. My child does ride <laughs> the bus and they have the things that Rosie has. Why are they saying no? And you'll also see parents say, my child's going to have this problem next year when they go to middle school in Old Bridge, you know, and thank you for doing this because, you know, now 
this is just, they're able to use what's happened with Rosie as, as an example of what can happen for their child as well in district. Yeah. And that's fantastic. So you know, you're helping all these other families. So if people have any questions or things that they might want to ask you about is, should they connect with you through the let Rosie ride Facebook page, or is there another way for them to get in touch with you? I'm on there. Rose's father's on there. Rose's stepmother's on there. Um, our advocates are on there. So, and so are lots of other folks within, you know, <laughs> I mean, the United States, Canada, um, England, we've got friends all over, um, who are supporting, um, you know, this Rose's journey so far with the, you know, let Rosie ride. Rosie has rights, Mm -hmm. um, no segregated bus movement that started. Um, so yeah, you can, you can, um, message me in that group. You can friend request me. Um, we could be friends. I'll be there. I'll be there to support you. If you have an issue, I'm for sure. I'm one of the first folks who's typically like, Oh, wait a minute. Of course I'll support, you know, inclusion for your child. Of course I'm going to support that your child you know, doesn't need this walker that's being forced on them. Um, you know, we know our kids, we really do, you know. Well, that is awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to share the story about Rosie and letting her to ride the bus. And I think it's a fantastic story and it just shows parents that, you know, it can be done just because someone says no, it doesn't mean that it's right. And, you know, through a little bit of public pressure and some letter writing and things can change. We still have a ways to go. (laughs) We really do, but I know, but it's a start, right? You have to start somewhere and you know, for the next parent next year, whose child is going to ride the bus in kindergarten, you know, you're making it easier for them. I'm so glad that we did this today. Um, This has really been, it's been wonderful. Oh, thank you. And I'm so Sorry that I won't be able to see you at the retreat because I just can't go. I know. I know. I mean, like we really needed one more thing to happen. (laughs) You know, we won't, we won't go crazy with the COVID thing, but seriously, I would, I would love to give you a big hug in set. Well, it's September today already. Wow. Um, I'd love to give you a big hug when I see you, but um, I'll give you two next year. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. So again, like I, you know, this is, this makes me angry that somebody is prevented from riding a bus mm-hmm. and the bus and, and, and it's all because of bureaucratic positioning. This isn't, this isn't, there's no real reason for safety or, uh, for safety or health reasons why Rosie can't ride the bus. Exactly. Uh, and so th- th- this makes me angry for, you know, against the bureaucracy that was pushing for them or pushing mm-hmm. for Rosie to ride a different bus without her brother mm-hmm. or her care aide. So it's like, why, why would you do this? Why, like, why would you try to deny a child a safe environment that she's comfortable in? I know it's just amazing. I, not in a good way, obviously, you know, when I first heard about it and Amanda was posting about it, I was so angry like you, I go, this is so not right it's and so 1950 yeah exactly right and i know that's what i i think i even said to man i go like it's 2021 you know like you know and it, i i am so proud of her for you know fighting it and you know taking them to task and they had to own up and well as, of, as, as amanda said you know it's, it's like they didn't count on her actually no fighting this you know, no. Their whole attitude was, yeah, well, if you don't like it, take us to court. And she did. Yep. So now so, all of a sudden the bureaucracy is faced with, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So until this hits, hits the papers, as we said I, when I was a kid. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't want any of the bad publicity. And, you know, it's the power and the pressure of social media that really helped their cause. And, you know, you go, girl. Like yeah. you and, go and, and you show let's them. Let's face it. It shouldn't have to be that way. I 100% agree. It's, Absolutely. It should it not have be to that be way. that you have to embarrass the bureaucracy to mm-hmm. do the right thing. I know. But, you know, what are your choices? 
really. You have to point out their shortcomings and what is wrong and how are they going to make it right and make them accountable. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, good luck to Amanda and Rosie. I'm glad that they've sorted it out for now. Uh, and I hope that they find a permanent solution in that school district soon. Mm -hmm. Yes. And people like we talked about in the podcast, you know, can go to Facebook and support her. You yeah. know, and we'll start... put a link to, to mm -hmm. her Facebook page, Rosie, Rosie Rides the Bus. Yeah. Um, because it's a fascinating story to keep up on. Yes, because I think it's applicable anywhere. It doesn't, you don't have to be in New Jersey. No. You know, we're in Canada. It yeah. would apply here as well. So, you know, and I think it can apply to anywhere our listeners are is that you got to stand up for what's right. And, yeah. and, 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 and just, just as they, you know, as, as they used to say, you can't fight city hall, but you can, you just have to go to city hall and yell loud enough. Yes. And Amanda did that. Yeah. And uh, so kudos to her. So that's it for this week, uh, for this episode. And what are we working on for next time? We are going to talk to Sarah Joe. She is an inclusion specialist, I guess, for lack of a better word. So I'm really excited to talk to her, especially with everyone going back to school and IEPs coming up. So I think it'll be an interesting and valuable conversation. Okay, we'll look forward to that. And uh, why don't you take us out of this one? Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Tell me your stories. What's important to you? What's going on in your life? You can email me at info at t21mom.com or find me on Facebook. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy21mama. So also please subscribe. It would mean a lot and leave a review on our show. It would uh, mean a lot to me and help us to become more searchable for others in the Down Syndrome community. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron.